What's up, y'all? It's your boy Manny. That's my boy. What's my boy, your boy Stan? What's up? How's everybody doing? Welcome to Beat Sports and Life. Uh, this is probably not going to be the most joyous of episodes. Uh, it's unfortunately, well, kind of, well, I guess it kind of is and isn't, I guess it just depends on, uh, depends your total on your, emotions how you look on at it. it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Your total emotions on it. It's probably more of a roller coaster of emotions going on. So, um, as everybody I'm sure is aware, unless you've been living under a rock, uh, in Minnesota this week, we got the verdict to the trial of what I call the century. Um, and to be honest, I was not uh, prepared for that verdict whatsoever. I, I assumed it was going to go as it always has. Either he's found guilty of some crazy small uh, charges, because I wasn't really sure of all the total charges, um, or you just get off. Like I, every other time yeah. I thought evidence was pretty clear, I just saw cats. And to be honest, I'm still not totally there yet because there's still some stuff to be done in that. There's still, obviously, they're going to, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Got to wait on the sentencing. Well, the sentencing, and that's a big thing. And also, of course, they're going to fight the conviction. So why yeah, don't we try to, you know, yeah. that's just part of the, every, almost any yes. major trial. So, I mean, yeah, part but of the more of the sentencing, like that's to me, like I, I'm real quick, I'll let you say most of it, but like I was elated. Uh, I was I was emotional. Um, there was a sense of joy, but at the same time, the sense of uh, I don't know how to say it, but more like, yeah, it's cool. Not cool, but I mean, it feels good that he got convicted, but this is just one step in a long way that we have to go on a lot of things, both with relations, both with, with convictions, with holding people accountable, um, with a lot of things. And uh, so it's joyous, but it's the beginning, not the end yeah. of anything. So yeah. it's tempered. For me, it's tempered. It's let's not forget how we got here, where we're at, and just like get comfortable because I'm sure they would love that. They would love us to get yeah. comfortable and let's not be here a year from now, two years from now, 10 years from now, trying to restart. Like, let's keep, let's keep the train moving, man. Let's, yeah. whoop, whoop, let, man, let's go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, we're, I mean, you're happy that, you know, we got the conviction. I just think it's a shame that we have to be happy about something that should be done. Um, it takes me back to uh, Chris Rock, when Chris Rock, one of his old specials. My favorite, um, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, when the guy is like, hey, man, I take care of my kids. You're <laughs> supposed to take care of yeah. your kids. You're fucking supposed to take care of your kids. You want credit for that? But it's like America, like, we want credit for them doing the right thing, mm -hmm. you know? And, I mean, for me, personally, I wasn't excited. I was more relieved because... I felt like I knew what would happen if it went the other way. Like it wouldn't have been good for America. <laughs> you know, it would have been really on, bad. On a lot of different levels. Yeah, on a lot of different yeah, levels, yeah. exactly. And, you know, so I was more relieved, you know, now I'm, I'm ha definitely glad that they held him accountable. That was great. They held him accountable. But what sucks about it is that someone had to die. Like, like this might be a flashpoint, right? of okay you know there's always a flashpoint for certain movements you know what i'm saying it's like okay this is what started it off maybe this is the flashpoint of them finally holding cops accountable i'm not going to hold my breath on that but maybe it is and let's say let's speak optimistically here let's say it is let's say this was the flashpoint of cops finally being held responsible what still sucks is someone had to die for that that's what still sucks about it is no one should have had to die for us just for us to hold someone accountable for just doing their job the wrong way we should be able to look at police officers and say okay he's a bad cop let's hold him accountable and not hate all cops people feel like you have to pick a side it's like you're on the side of the cops or you're on the side of you know people dying and it's like i can do both like I'm smart enough 
to be able to do both. I'm smart enough to look at that and say, what Chauvin did was absolutely terrible. Like, I'm smart enough to see that. But I'm also smart enough to see some other shootings that have happened and say, okay, I can see why they had to use deadly force. I can see both sides of that. But we just live in an America where you where you can't now. It's like, you know, you have to be on one side or the other. So I hate that part of it. But I hate that someone had to die. But I'm glad that, you know, they held him accountable. Now, we're, we'll see how accountable when the sentencing comes. You know, that will be, that's going to be very big there. It's like, we can't get super happy because I remember when people got really excited when, um, I forget the young lady's name, who said she went into the wrong apartment and shot, I think it was, I don't want to mess his name up, the young man in Texas, he was on his couch watching TV and the cop went into his house, shot him on his couch and said, oh, I thought I was in my apartment. Which like, what? Mm -hmm. So they found her guilty and everybody was excited. But then I think I want to say they gave her, and I need to look this up because I don't want to give bad information here. Um, I think they ended up giving her like, like five years or something, you know? So it's like, I'm not going to get too excited right now about the conviction. I want to see the sentencing. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I'll take it one step further as far as like the whole um, taking this much. Unfortunately, in the history of basically the world, um, especially in America, it's usually taken something of extraordinary event or an extraordinary uh, something in the timeline that happened that was outrageous for action to be done. It's just, it's the way human beings move, period. Um, I mean, people lived with slavery for how long before they scratched their heads and were like, yeah, maybe this isn't the right thing. Civil rights, Um, talking about- Really quick, really quick. I don't mean to cut you off, man. I just want to make sure I get his name right. His name was Botham Jean, it was in 2018. Mm -hmm. And the, the Dallas police officer, her name was Amber Geiger, and she ended up getting two years for killing him. Yeah. While he was sitting in the couch in the living room. Probably you out know, before yeah, that because good. she's appealing it right now, trying to get the sentence overturned. Mm-hmm. So, okay, but keep going. I'm sorry, I just no, didn't want to no, 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 make no. sure I got the right information out. No, we're all good. Yeah. So, and so, I mean, you know, whether it goes to civil rights or uh, assassination yeah. of Martin Luther King. Uh, just usually takes extraordinary events for eyes to be open. And even then, like, so I've said it before and I'm gonna say it on numerous episodes. Everybody knows the troll that I am. If you test me, I'm gonna hit you. So first thing you know that, that it was read, right? Guilty. I went on all my social media, right? I'm like, and I even, I gave I fair warning you. on Facebook. I said, I saw it. I, I read alert. some of the comments, bro. <laughs> I was like, I don't play with nobody. Don't no, I don't play. And I, I, there's no F's given whatsoever on what you think about what I say because it's how I feel. So if you're going to say something stupid, well, I'm going to say something stupider back, but it's going to be a little bit more truthful. And I'm going to light your ass up and I'm going to take a snapshot and I'm going to post it because if you really feel that way, you shouldn't even care if I post it because that's how you feel, right? Because you can snapshot my stuff all day. I don't really give it. I don't give no F. So, yeah. So, good, man. So, I called a couple people out. That's cool. I don't even know them. They were like friends of friends or whatever. Like, that's your people, man. But I gave fair warning. So, if you got me as a friend, I would unfriend me for the next couple weeks because I'm going to keep on surfing. Isn't it amazing how people can just come up with excuses? Like, it's some stuff you can look at and you'd be like, how can anybody see anything different? So, when people try to make arguments for Chauvin, it's like, it, it's crazy to me, man. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen the story that came out today. Um, Fall River, Massachusetts, I want to say it is. Um, someone in the police department there um, retweeted um, something that someone said about the Chauvin thing. He said, if you look at the tape, Chauvin um, easily put his hands behind his back. Mm-hmm. Imagine if George Floyd did that, we wouldn't be here. So that was the original tweet, right? So one of the cops in that precinct posted it on the fall, I think it's Fall River, uh, posted it on there, on the, the police department's page, posted it there. So now they're coming out and saying, oh my God, we're sorry, we didn't, we didn't know, this is not the way we feel. 
and all this that. So they're doing the damage control. Of course. And I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, for real? Like y'all just y'all just don't care at this point. Nah. Like you're gonna like I don't like on on the the police department's page, you guys posted that mm -hmm. and you're gonna say, Oh no, it was just one cop and we've reassigned him to where he has no uh he 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 doesn't have any interaction with the public. And it's like you, you know guys what that is? That's the equivalent of, and this is why I'm not religious, or especially not Catholic, is, oh, well, you want to listen to some kids? Well, I'm just going to reassign you to over here, which is what the Vatican has yeah. been doing, and still does to this day. They move them to a different church to get them out of that particular spotlight, and they don't get two Fs on what they do somewhere else. Nope. It's just, And it's the same thing. Like You can actually, I don't know the total laws, but I know, like let's say you lose your job as a cop. What they'll do is they try to manipulate it where so let them resign. Because yeah, if that you resign, way, you can get hired. You can go to another right? cop somewhere else. You can yeah. be a cop in another city, fired, another county. Yeah. So it's like, dude, like, and that's the equivalent of it to me. It's like, yeah, y'all ain't fooling nobody. And the fact that you think I'm that stupid is even worse. Yeah. It's even worse. And yeah. well, no, no, I'll I'll one up <laughs> you on the even worse part. What's even worse is when they get caught, and then they say, well. I should have the right to have freedom of speech. I should be able to say what I want to say. You're taking away my freedom of speech. And it's like, no, they're not taking away your freedom of speech, but there's consequences to your speech. Exactly. You have to understand that. No. And they don't it, want the consequences. Take away freedom of your speech is if you say something and the government shoots you on sight. Take yeah. away your freedom of speech is if you say something and like in South Korea, you end up in jail for 20 years because yeah. they didn't they like what you had to say. That's yeah. taking away freedom. People don't understand what this, people do some reading, understand. Yeah, I know everybody had the amendments read to them during grammar school and high school, read what it actually means. It does not mean that, all it means is you can't get locked up, prosecuted for anything that you say, basically. You can say whatever you want, but there yeah, are gonna be, somebody's gonna, there's gonna be consequences to possibly. It's consequences to, to what you say, man. And it's, it's consequences to everything that you do. There's consequences, whether good or bad. So for, when, when they come out with that, then it's just like, for real, you're the same people who got mad at Colin Kaepernick for kneeling and saying, oh, you shouldn't do that there. Why are these guys talking about this? Stick to sports or get positive. It's like, oh, well, what, what about their freedom of speech? They're not allowed to talk now. But when you say some racist shit and you're held responsible for it and your job fires you for it or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is, you're like, oh, what about my freedom of speech? It's just basic. It's basic racism. You're going to come up with any reason to keep white supremacy at the top. It's, it's that simple. You're going to always do that. You could really care less that a, that a black man died. As long as it's not you dying or people who look like you dying, you could care less. And what's crazy, too, is like, so I've, I've said it before, like I have friends that are police officers and I usually reach out to I did this week. I didn't get a chance to. There's a couple that I wanted mm -hmm. to reach out to personally. Like, hey, dude, hope you're good. You know, hope everything's well. And I worried. I probably would have reached out a lot quicker to them if the verdict had gone the opposite of that. Yeah. Because they're, I know them personally. They're good people. Yeah. Um, a lot mm -hmm. of times I've said, I, I don't know if I said in a previous show, but I've had this discussion is that um, it's a it's a fraternity. And honestly, if they speak out, a lot of them is, it, it, there's an episode of Chicago PD where um, the officer got rats, rats, I guess, on another officer, and like he's out on the call and gets no response for any backup, and that's that's real, man. Like that's yeah, that's real. That and happened so, in American Gangster. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's real. So I understand a lot of times why they don't say anything, and I've never criticized them for. I get it, man. That's their job, and there's consequences. I'm for, that's a consequence of that. Um, yeah, don't do I, that job then. One of my good that's friends. One job to where, that's one job to where you can't. Yeah, you can't mess up. with that, dude. Like, like, like you can't. You, you have to speak up because we, those people, police officers are people that are here to protect everyone. Right. So if you got some that are bad, you have to speak out against them because now it makes you look bad. It's making the whole badge look bad. But I understand. I'm with yeah. you. I understand why they don't because it's their career, and that's why the whole system needs yes. to be overhauled. There you go. There you go. <laughs> that's it's, why. Right. They, and it's crazy because they're union, right? Like yeah. you would think the union protects, and no, nah, not in this case. 
And I saw one of my one of my guys. Uh, he he did post something where he was basically like, you know, awesome verdict. Like I, I forgot exactly how it worded. Basically, it was yeah. like, good job. So that was cool. Um, and then the next day, first things I saw was post with the blue post talking about. Uh, and it wasn't a bad post per se. It just basically was like, hey, all the good cops. Basically, just want to let you know we love you. Blah blah blah. And I get it, but it's like, dude. I saw a couple of people posting, like, I get what you're saying. I almost trolled, almost trolled them. I actually did ask one person, like, in genuine, like, what do you mean by your post? And I, I knew, but I said, I just want to hear your version of it. Because to me, like, I get it. We all get it. No one here is ever saying. It's like the Black Lives Matter. Nobody said all lives don't matter, idiot. What we're talking yeah. about, what's going on in this current environment. Not, yeah. not that. They know, so, they know what we're talking about. Yeah, of They're course. Being, yeah, of course. They know. They're just being but, but um you know with the whole blue list like dude nobody's saying their lives that nobody's saying there aren't good cops but all we're asking for is accountability and even with the shooting that happened that same at the same time of mm -hmm. the girl in minnesota that was about to stab somebody and lebron kind of tweeted on and kind of brought the tweet back once he kind of saw yeah. the video and, and yeah he jumped like, out too fast yeah and we get in trouble like and so i'll speak uh for african-americans on this, we do tend to jump out the window sometimes a little too soon. And we do throw that, well, everything is racism. Like if something goes wrong, it was racism. They did it to me because I was black. So I think what we need to be better at is we need to be better at getting all the information first before we react to it. Mm -hmm. Because obviously you hear, oh, a young, uh, uh, another black person got shot by the police. Your mind is automatically going to go to the thousands before that this has happened to. It's like, oh shit, it's happening again. But we have to do our research, like you just said a few minutes ago. Do your research and find out what really went on before we jump out the window, because every shooting is not a bad shooting. It's not. But sometimes we just jump out and say it is, which hurts us when there actually is a bad shooting. Mm -hmm. It hurts us because now nobody's gonna believe us. It's the boy who cried wolf. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, you kept crying wolf. Everybody would come, it was no wolf. Then a wolf is finally there. You're crying, nobody's coming because they think you're still just fucking playing around and bullshit. We have to be better with making sure when we jump out there with all of this energy to say, hey, this is wrong, this is wrong. Make sure the person that got killed or got shot or got whatever didn't do anything to maybe bring that on and I know that might be controversial but if I'm a cop and somebody has a gun pointed at me I'm gonna shoot them mm -hmm. like so we have to look at these things now there are definitely way more shootings <laughs> of where that didn't happen where it's people running away it's people like there's way more bad shootings that I've seen than the good ones. But I, it seems from what we've heard and what we've seen in that video that the parents for Micaiah Bryant, mm -hmm. I think is the name, they weren't completely truthful. No. With everything there was a video of her actually yes. saying two different things in one sentence. Exactly. Like, no, she didn't have so, a knife. Yeah, she had a knife. Like, yeah. So, but even with all that said, with all that said, I still feel like there's a way for them to bring in people who look like me safely the same way they bring in people who don't look like me safely. Well, that, so we talked about that too, right? Like, uh, it's funny because that day I'm working, no one cares about your clippers, dude. We're working <laughs> and, uh, and uh, so I'm always, I always prep, I always give them props, but it's like, not, honestly, I'm not promoting, <laughs> but the D-Lo and Casey show, like I'm watching them and what I again, what I love about that show is like during the break, they still talk on their stream with the audience. Yeah. So everybody mm -hmm. else is listening on the radio, they're just hearing commercials, right? And they're they're preparing themselves. You mm -hmm. know, they're, they're kind of both preparing themselves. And then at one point the verdict's read and Dilo walks away. He's he's emotional. He he has to take a break, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh Casey is kind of taking a in a breath and he comes back and uh Dilo apologized, like, dude, you ain't gotta apologize to no one for being. And I told him the next day, I called, I was like, man, y'all, 
the reason I love y'all is because you keep it real. You, you're genuine. Mm -hmm. you're, you're yourselves. And like, who cares if you're out of character? I understand what radio is supposed to be or TV is supposed to be. But sometimes, man, you got you to gotta go off the script. And um, Human beings at the end of yeah, the day. Yeah, we're human beings. And the other thing I'll say about what you were talking about is, yes, we do have to take in information first, right? And kind of uh, absorb it. And then, but until we get to the point where we have a more even kill, I totally understand uh, having a knee-jerk reaction. Assuming, oh, yeah. I'm not no saying doubt. it's right. I'm not saying it's no, right, no, no but doubt. I understand. Until until I see the, the balances of justice shift, then yeah. why wouldn't I have that initiative? Yeah. The only thing I would argue with on what they did is what he did was you can say whatever you want to say, that's fine if you want to retract it later, but don't post pictures of the police officer. Yeah. Because he's got yeah. a family too. And whether even if he is an evil, if he was an evil son of a he still his family doesn't necessarily need to feel the blunt of what you're about to do by pressing send. So yeah, you can say what you want and have an initial reaction. And if you want to, you know, retract it later, that's fine. But let's not put pictures and stuff because that can cause a lot more harm than what people well, realize at times. I wouldn't have had a problem with him putting his picture up if the video showed what they originally said. Like if they if what they originally said the video showed he just ran up and start shooting, then you I wouldn't have a problem with it. You but can put the picture up at some he, point, but let's not just. Yeah, but it's too early. Yeah, it's too early it's to early. be putting up people's pictures early. like that. Yes, yes, so, it's too early because we don't know all the facts. And even then, I still heard arguments like, well, why couldn't he bring her in safety? I'm like, I understand that. And maybe there was a way, but in a, in a, honestly, in a split second where you see somebody ledging at somebody with a knife, you're not going to, you're not going to get to that person fast enough. No way in hell to possibly. And, so I we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens yeah. with that. But. I agree wholeheartedly. I, but I've seen too many videos where they take in Me too. Me too. white people and they that's, got guns. And, and, and that's I forget, <laughs> exactly like, and d oh. said it off air too. Like, so yeah. how come every time we have mass shootings and dude's got an AR-57 or, or the kid, my favorite, that people still defend to this day, his mom, mom drives his kid to Wisconsin to... Yeah. With an AR, I don't even know what it was, man. AR, whatever, yeah, whatever, AR, whatever, automated. And he's walking around with the gun slinging. Walks by some police officers. They don't give a damn. Like, nope. So, so, and I'm not saying they should have. They should shoot those people. I'm not no, saying I true. want cops to shoot. I just want them to treat everyone the same way that they treat white people when they pull them over or when they get called, if they, when they get a call out to come help with something. They seem to always take them in without them dying and they have guns they have knives you know it's so many videos out that you can see of i mean it's a big video that everybody's been posting over the last few weeks of the guy that gets pulled over on the side of the road and he's yelling at the cop and he tries to grab the cop's gun and the cop says hey hey did you touch my gun Don't touch it all my the time. it's like what like what like so you have restraint so when people say cops aren't trained well enough I, I don't agree. Cops are trained well enough. They just choose to use their training with certain people than other people. Very simple, because they, they know how to take somebody in without shooting them. They know how to do that, because they do it with a certain demographic. They don't do it with, a, yeah. a, with other demographics. You make a good so point. You make a good point. You know, I've seen it too. Like I, I saw some dude just walk up to a cop while he was at stop and he was spitting in his face and and dude said, please calm down, sir. Sir, sir, calm down. Let's let's just, just settle down thing. here. Like shit, that wasn't me. I know that wouldn't have been me, shoot. Yeah. That's all. We just want the same thing, man. Because I like I have nothing uh against cops. You know what I'm saying? If somebody robbed my house or I get in trouble, I'm calling the police. Right. You know what I'm saying? I just like I just want them, um, and like Chris, this is why and I, I'm gonna go off just to come back on real quick. Chris Rock is great because he has a great way of taking what's going on in the world and making it relevant to mm -hmm. our situation. So he said something, and I, I wanna say it's the, the Netflix one uh, he came out with. And um, he was talking about how, oh my God, I just, I think I lost my train of thought on this. What did he say in that last one? Oh my God, I just had it on the tip of my tongue. 
I'll get back to it. So I'll probably interrupt. Don't ask me. I can barely remember what I ate this morning. So. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just think, I mean, you, it's, oh, there it is. Okay. It's certain jobs you can't have bad. You, you can't know, have employees. bad days. Yeah. yeah, you can't have bad days. Nope. It's certain jobs. And he yeah, was talking man. about, you know, as a pilot, you can't have a bad day as a cop. You know what I'm saying? And as a cop, it's the same thing. You can't have a bad day. Yeah. You can't, you know? And for to become a cop with all the power that policemen have, you feel like their training yeah. should be a lot longer. Like, it's like you can become a cop in what? Like a so, month and a half? So a not only that, but... Uh, and comparing it to the military, like when you do a tour of duty in the military, right, you're only supposed to do, in a time of war, you should only be doing, I believe it's one and a half to two tours of duty before you rotate out, go back to the States or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's part of the problem, too, is that when cops get assigned, the very first place they usually get assigned is they get, for better lack of a term, the ghetto, a bad neighborhood, whatever, right? And a lot of times, so one, that's their first impression of what it is to be a cop. So that's fine and dandy, but especially that first year, to me, every three months, you should work in every area of the city. And not only that, you should only work, if you're working a high crime rated area, you shouldn't be there longer than six months to a year before you're rotating with something. I don't care how much severity you got, whatever. I think the more you refresh, like, okay, I'm gonna go from South Central to Beverly Hills, right? So you get, for better luck, we know you're going to get less calls, right? Obviously. Right. Um, and then you can go back. So you kind of get everything and you don't get, because the problem is like guys that go to Iraq, right? They're there. They were there for like three years Four. you know what happens when they come back? Anybody that looks at Iranian, Iraqian, whatever, Middle Eastern, they hate them. They hate them with such a passion because that's all they saw on their face is the enemy for three, four mm -hmm. years. So if you're sitting in the hood, and whether, and I've noticed this not only on the white cops, dude, to be honest, I've seen this change in some of these, some of our people too, like during that neighborhood so long, and that's all they see, so to them, all they see is the violence, all they see is like dealing with so many I bad see that. you know what I'm saying? So that has, it's, the whole system has to change the whole, not just yeah. training, but the vetting, what? and how, who can yeah. get in, who can't get in. Who can get in, I think that's very big, is the yeah. vetting and who can get in. Um, I also think that you should have cops try to get cops from those neighborhoods because they have relationships. Like, it seems like they put people in these neighborhoods who didn't grow up there, didn't grow, not necessarily that neighborhood, but a neighborhood like that. I feel like if you got cops that was from those neighborhoods, they can relate better to those people. They, they understand, you know what I'm saying, what they're going through. They have a, a sense of empathy with them because they grew up in it and around it. And I think when you take someone who's never been there their whole life, all they've seen is this stuff on TV. Oh, for so sure. they're looked at as animals. You know what I'm saying? So when they come in, that's how they're treating them. To where if you had someone who grew up in an area like that, a cop who grew up in an area like that, they have a better, they, they, they have a better relationship with the neighborhoods. I know when I was younger and I grew up in a time in Los Angeles when gang violence was at an all time high. You know what I'm saying? So 80s, you know what I'm saying? All time high. I remember certain cops that we knew who came who came from our neighborhood. They, you know, became a cop. When they came, it was a different vibe when they came around. Mm -hmm. uh, the gangsters would have conversations with them and they would talk. And it was real, like it was real kind of a give and take. It they wasn't just rolling up. Yeah, exactly. They wasn't rolling up. Hey, what you doing? You know, it wasn't that it was you was driving up having a conversation and that goes a long way in building trust so i feel like they should have some type of program to where we put at least one of the guys that's in a car in a two-man car one of those guys has to be from not even not specifically that neighborhood but from that background mm -hmm. because they have a better understanding the same way it would be if you go to like you said beverly hills I want somebody who comes from it to deal with, because they know how to deal with them. They have a relationship with them. Mm. Like, I think that has to happen too. I, I, I agree. I, I have to be with you. I think I'll, I'll add something to it. I agree with you, but I also think that um, in the rotation there, like, I think you, if you're like, if you have a partner, maybe you have a partner 
somebody that's coming from that background and have his partner be someone that isn't. That way you have a kind of like a guide. And maybe, because yeah. I also think they need to learn too. They need to yeah. learn. Yeah, that's why I said one so, of each. I said if you have a yeah, two-man one of each, exactly. One, yeah, what of yeah. each. Yes, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Like, yeah. that would be great because it's all about relationships, man. Yeah, and building it's about, that. Like, it's a building yeah, you're block, building man. relationships. You want to build relationships with these people because this is these are the people, they, they see these people more than they see their family. Like, because yeah. that's the neighborhood that you're patrolling. You're, yeah. You see them more than you see your family. So right. you want to build a relationship because it's going to make your job easier. It's going to make everything easier. And I think you'll see a change. But who knows? We'll see. Who knows if this will ever happen? It might not be in our lifetime. Hopefully it is. Yeah. Who knows, man? We'll see, bro. So We'll see. You know, again, like, we'll see what the sentencing holds. And that holds yeah, a lot of weight definitely. in my eyes on how I feel overall about the whole thing. And mm-hmm. we still have a bunch of cases left to... We got the taser incident and um, Ahmad uh, Aubrey case yep. still hasn't I mean, been tried. It, it goes on and on and on, man. So, which is crazy. Hope it's like that, hap- that happened before the Floyd stuff. Yeah. So, so I don't know. It's crazy, but yeah. we'll see, man. We'll see. Like I said, I'm not I'm not holding my breath, bro. All right. We'll see. Take a little break here, and we'll be right back. Yes. Yeah. Welcome back, guys. Uh, unfortunately, we are. Don't have any really happy subjects to talk about today. I know everything is real fucking Peace. dark, man. I feel so, like the last show was like that too. Because what was we talking about that was pretty dark during the last show? Because we we, we were talking. I think it was the Deshaun Watson stuff. You know, Deshaun we started and then off. Yeah, DMX. Yeah, yeah, we've had some dark fucking shows, Dude. bro. It's been a it's been a tough month. My childhood, month, man. man. Well, my oh. childhood and early adulthood, and then. We'll roll. Yeah. This is a perfect segue after DMX. We now we lost Black Rob, and which was we. I knew he was sick, so I kind of saw yeah. that coming. I had seen pictures of him. I saw he was ill, but yeah. shot teeth for yeah. me that came out of nowhere. It uh, did. It came uh, out of nowhere. And man. that was last night. Yeah. It was like, dude, what the hell is going on here? Like, yeah, it's I, just... I, it was like 2021. Said 2020. Hold my beer. Yeah, for real. Right hold my beer. Watch like, this. Dude. Watch this shit. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. Um, Shaq G, um, is such a was such an influence. Someone that I listened to, um, my younger years, you know, when he was with Digital Underground. I remember listening to Sex Packets, that album, you know, on repeat. Absolutely. You know, he introduced me to my favorite rapper of all time, which was Tupac. The first time uh, I heard, <laughs> the first time I heard Tupac was on the same song which was a song yeah. that was on oh, the soundtrack of a Dan Aykroyd movie that was terrible called Nothing But Trouble. It's um, a great movie. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. It it was, that movie was terrible. No, it's a classic. Okay. We'll argue about that later. All right. right. You're right. That's, that's going to do it to you. But, but anyway, it was on that soundtrack. And um, I remember hearing Pac on there. And I've always loved um, Shock G was a fan. And I got a short story, um, a little story about Shock G. Okay. Um, I used to go to Chico a lot. And if, and if no one knows what Chico is, Chico years ago was voted like top five me, no college party school um, in the country. So we was going to Chico, me, my boy, a couple of my boys, my boy Vern, my boy Gene, my boy Eric. We was going to Chico like, four or five nights a week. And we had, well, we didn't have, I had a job. So I still had to go to work the next day. But we was going out there all the time. So we go out there, hang out, party. They had quarter drinks, like at nine o'clock, drinks was a quarter. And every 15 minutes, they went up like another quarter, you know, and then they had buck night. So we were there drinking, just having fun as young kids, right? So we end up staying over this young lady's house that I had knew. We wake up the next morning and I walk out of the bedroom, bro. No bullshit. Shot G is laying on the couch. So I swear to God, bro. Don't ask me how. What Shot the G hell? Was, yeah, we're just randomly laying on no, the hold couch. Hold on. Was it Shot G or was it Humpty? No, it was Shot G. Damn it. Humpty, if Humpty, it was Humpty, that would have been whoop. Yeah, it was Shot G. And so I walk out and obviously I still kind of got a hangover from the night before. But shit, I love hip hop. I'm a hip hop head. So I know my fucking hip hop guy. So I was like, oh shit. So he sleep as I walk in. 
And I'm like, that fucking Shaq G? So I'm asking the young, this Shaq G? She's like, yeah, she, he, he knows uh, my roommate. And I was like, oh, wow. So, shit, no, I'm sitting there. I'm making noise. He wakes up. I'm like, dude, Shaq G. And he was like, hey, man, how you doing? I was like, I'm good, man. What are you doing in Chico? And he was like, oh, you know, we had a little performance out here. And it wasn't with Digital Underground. I'm not sure who it was with. But, you know, but, you know, he's been a part of so many different groups and outfits and stuff. So he does a lot of different music. He produces so, a um, lot more than what people yes, know. Yes, a lot. So we just sat and had a really, you know, maybe 10-minute conversation. And I was just peppering him with all kind of questions, asking him about Pac, obviously, asking him about Digital Underground, you know. And then because he's from the Bay Area, I was asking him about Souls of Mischief and Casual and all those guys from that area. And he was just a real down-to-earth guy. He didn't feel like he was better. He just had, he just sat there and had, yeah, and had a conversation. It was just really cool to me. Got up, I left, I went home. And I was like, dude, I was like, Shaq G is a cool dude. And just kind of left it at that. And I haven't thought about that story in 20 years. I haven't thought about that story, bro. And when I found out he passed yesterday, that story just came. Like, I could see it in fucking 4K in my head. Yeah. I could see it. That's like, so it was, cool, dude. Yeah, That's it was awesome, just crazy, man. man. Wow. It was crazy. Yeah, crazy. So, I mean, Shock G, man, he's um, definitely, you know, a trailblazer in the game. And um, someone that out here on the West Coast, I definitely, you know, listen to a lot. And, you know, it's just sad. And it, it kind of lets us know. Well, I'm not going to say yes. I'll say it lets me know, man, when you start to see people that you grew up listening to um, dying, it makes you start to look at your mortality, man. And like, wow, I'm getting old, too, because the guys that are my around my age, I'm not sure how much older Shock G is than me yeah. or if he might be younger. For all I know, no, he's it just makes you start to, yeah, you makes you start to look at, you know, your you, you know, your mortality, man. Like, good lord, this is yeah. crazy. It's yeah, crazy, right. man. Uh, you know, the older I got, uh, it's funny how people associate sounds with areas, right? So mm -hmm. the West Coast has a certain vibe to it. The Midwest yeah. is kind of we were known as like this grimy depending on where like a lot of it was like griminess and the east coast was backpacked right like the east coast was always mm -hmm. the backpackers um but the older you get and the less ignorant you get um one of my favorite groups of all time dude is the west coast group that sounds nothing like the traditional is the alcoholics by far yeah. one of my favorite groups to see live because they're so energetic but love the licks. just love I love the licks, dude. I heard they're supposed to have something new yep. coming out. I'm excited. Uh, if I can mm -hmm. see them one more time, I'm in. I don't care what it costs. <laughs> I'm gonna find a way yeah. to that concert. Like I love them. Um, but traditionally, they don't. They sound more East Coastish than they would. They would be more considered East Coast sound than they would West. But now, would no, you no, no. consider them? Would you consider them sounding more East Coast because of their lyricism? See, for me, no, because. Okay. I'm a hip hop head too. I think a casual fan answer to that would be yes, mm -hmm. um, but I think it's more of this. The, the it's more about the production. The production yeah. has a more yeah. East Coast feel to it than the West, right? The West yeah. is a little bit more banging. It's banging. It's banging. You know, where the East is, is kind of like there's a a melodic, almost like I, I'm probably saying this wrong, but like a flutist kind of flow you know what i'm saying like you think the east is more melodic than the west i think it's east is i i'm probably describing it bad but like i think the east is just more of that like you know like i picture when i see somebody play the flute i just kind of see the wind moving like yeah. it's and i think that's the oh. east where the west is kind of like it bangs a little bit more it's a little bit harder it's a little bit more harsh to touch on that i i, I guess i would say the opposite because i feel like on the west we spend a lot of time in our cars. Mm -hmm. So the music has to be something you can ride to. Yeah. Something smooth that you can ride to, to where in New York, they spend a lot of time on trains. So you're listening to a lot of music in these, your headphones. So it's more boom bap. So that's how- I can see that. I see what you're saying. Up. I see what you're saying. You know, now, like I said, that's just my thought process. But that's the beauty of it, right? We all hear yes. things. Yes, a little different. We have different ears. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that's- 
and that's what I love about hip hop. I think like the more I've traveled all over the United States and even outside of it, like you hear different things, you, you hear the influences and uh, hip hop is a smorgasbord of influences from like, it's funny to me how people think they don't understand. Like if you talk to RZA, if you talk to all these cats, they'll tell you like some of the biggest influences are like Johnny Cash or again, Rage, yeah. Rage of the Machine. Like it's beyond. They just hear the music. They yeah, hear the like, music. They're artists. They're not yes, concerned about what you feel about areas and whether you only yeah. listen to 60s, 70s. Like, no, they get their stuff exactly. from everything. Hit heavy metal. Uh, it could be polka music. If they hear a beat in the polka, they go grab that beat and flip it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, and Shock, Shock, man, he did. I was just today listening to an album he released in, I want to say it's 2006, 2004, 2006. He had a solo joint. And this shit is uh -huh. banging, dude. Like, I'm like, man, this shit is hot. Um, and this is like, man, just seeing a lot of, if like, like I said, the movie he did the soundtrack with, and like, even with the Tupac, like he saw something in Tupac nobody yeah. else saw, and he cultivated that. And yes, Tupac branched into whatever he became to a lot of people, but, um, dude, he had, Shock had a huge influence on him and helped him, yeah. guide him along. And he didn't stand in front of him. Like some guys, when they're the star, because when Pac joined Digital Underground, he was a dancer. Yeah. So, Shock <laughs> G, yeah, G was the guy in Digital Underground. And now he seems, like you said, he's seen something in Pac. Mm -hmm. And he didn't try to stop it. Most guys' ego would not allow, like, oh, he's a star. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to either take advantage of that or I'm going to get him away because I'm the only star here. And he didn't do that. Like you said, he cultivated it and he helped me he said, Hey, you a star dude, do your thing. And most guys, especially in the dog eat dog world of music, they're not going to do that. Like I'm the only fucking star. They don't want another star. Yeah. So that was egos. really big about it. Yeah. Their ego. Always. And another thing that I loved about shock, and this is probably the best thing is he wasn't afraid to be him. You know what I'm saying? Because we live in a world to where people will put on whatever face is going to make them look better. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be themselves. It's like, oh, I'm a little weird. I'm a little different. And they'll hide that because it's not acceptable mm -hmm. to the music community or community in general. Shock didn't care. Shock said, yes, I'm a little different. I'm a little weird. I like different shit. I'm not the normal rapper insert definition of rapper here i'm not that guy and he owned it and i love people Absolutely. who own who they are Press the envelope. i love it push the envelope yes. I say. like I, this is me either you're gonna like me or you're not gonna like me that's your choice mm -hmm. but i'm gonna be me you know what i'm saying and i right. love that about shop that he wasn't changing to fit the industry he was like right. this is me i'm gonna be i'm gonna be my authentic self so I love that about a man and you know what I'm saying? And that's the beauty of like, for his family. It's Humpty is that, you know, at a time where like, let's be honest, man, like, you know, rappers like the flaws, they want to claim like, you know, I'm hardcore. Like this is this thing, like it's the male ego, right? Like a lot of rappers go with that. And um Obviously, I cannot speak for the black community, but I think a lot of times, like, you know, anything that Humpty is kind of whitish to an extent, you mm. know, and or he he's not hood. Perceived, yeah, yeah, he's, he's not, not hood. hood. And a lot of times, that's yeah. like, ah, oh, why are you doing that? Why are you like almost yeah. like blackface, the opposite yeah. of blackface, where it's like, why are you clowning us like that, right? Just like, mm. this is like, did you know that Humpty has a persona? Like, as far as like, there's an actual bag, bag, uh, yeah. Oh. So I'm gonna read it real quick. I'm gonna read it. He real owned quick. that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, please do. So a fictional biography was constructed for Humphrey. The story being that Edward Ellington Humphrey III, former <laughs> lead singer of Smooth Eddie and the Humpers, had become a rapper after burning his nose in a kitchen accident with a deep fryer. The story was even told by Casey Kasem himself on his then Cowtown show, Casey's Top Four. He was different, bro. Oh, that's hilarious. Shock was different, and I love how he owned it, man. And that's a Me perfect too. example of him owning. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm different. I'm not going to do it like you guys, like you're supposed to. This is me. I love that, man. Me like, too, man. It was, 
he's great. I mean, Todd, oh, that's it's a big loss, man. Definitely, it's a, a it's loss. a huge loss, man. Um, and I said, like, to, for me, I'm sure for a lot of fans, and I'm not trying to call anybody casual, but like a lot of people, they just look at the Humpty stuff, and that's cool if that's what you love. Like, cool, man. Whatever yeah. great memories you have. For me, like Humpty was cool. Um, and it was cool to have see the altar. Literally, somebody last night on Pete Rock's Instagram page asked Pete, "Hey, are Shaq and they were serious? Is Shaq G and Humpty this were they the same person?" They're and probably cracking man, up, bro. and that's cool. I'm not gonna. They're probably I'm, babies, and that's fine, man. I think it's great that you figured it out at this time and put it together, and hopefully, you love them even more for it. Yeah. Um, to me, it was always obvious. I mean, I. Whatever I've never seen Humpty and, yeah. and Shock in the same. The old, the same I've never seen Bruce Wayne place. and Batman in the same room together. So yeah. you know, but um, but to me it was so hard. Right? Just being a hip hop, it was so far beyond Humpty. It was the productions he did. It was Digital Underground as a group. Uh, yeah, uh, it was He's some a of the dope other producer, stuff. Man, uh, he was he a was dope ass producer, man. He was an artist. You know, like some people are rappers, and that's all they do. Shock was an artist, man, and. He'll definitely uh, be missed. I know the Black Rob thing is sad. Obviously, it's sad when anybody passes, right? Yes. For me, it's a little, it's, I think it hit me a little different just for the fact that you're, you, I was used to seeing Black Rob with Diddy all the time. Yeah. You would think that they were super close, mm -hmm. you know? And I think back to a couple of, I want to say it was a couple of weeks ago, could have been three weeks ago, when Diddy sent out the letter to the music industry. We're not going to let you guys eat off us anymore. You guys have been taking advantage of us and all this and that. And when I seen that, I was like, all I thought about was all of the artists. Did he do that, that too? That Diddy has robbed. And when Black Rob passed, um, Black Rob's manager came out and said, because Diddy came out and said, oh, I'll help pay for the funeral and all this and that. And he was like, where were you when he was alive? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not putting this all on Diddy. It's not right, Diddy. We don't know everything, right? We, we, yeah, we don't know yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't. So I'm not putting this on Diddy. I'm saying this to say, when does the music industry get some type of union to protect them from this stuff? It is too many rappers in this profession who makes so much money for these labels and these label heads and five, six years later, they're dying with nothing like Black, like Black Rob was homeless before he passed away. Like at what point is there, somebody's gonna start standing up for these artists, man. It's just so sad to see that these guys go through this. So I'll, I'm gonna counter that real quick, right? Because and no, I'm not saying do. I know. I'm not saying I know, but like I also look at it like be honest. Say it. So to me, like Black Rob was a flash. I mean, yeah, I admit, I thought it was dope for, but it was really quick. Like his career was like in and out pretty quick. Whoa, you know, that was dope. He had a, actually there's a couple of things I liked from him, but overall it was like one album and dude was pretty much yeah, his first album was was good. And after that, it was pretty, you know, and so I think it's also about, hey, that's all good and dandy to have a union and everything, but I would rather, I, I'm more about like Jay-Z, guys like Jay-Z, guys like Diddy, guys like um, Wu-Tang, like what you need to be touching these, these young cats is stop trying to spend more than what you really have. You might think you're making a million dollars off this record. One, you're not. Two, so even if you do have a horrible deal, like know what you have, reinvest, do this, do that. Stop trying to look the part of what you're really not. Don't drive the so, Phantom yeah. when you can only afford the Corolla. But you know, but you know, you're talking as a, I don't, as a 40 year old man, as a 40 plus year old. I appreciate it. No, no, we keep it at 40. That's cool. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> so you're talking as a guy in his 40s. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot more knowledge. You're a lot smarter now. Well, that's what I'm saying. Of, yeah, so, a lot of these rappers are in their 20s. No, no, no. Some of them are in their 16, 17, well, 18. But, so for me, for me, I hold the adults responsible. So you hear this a lot. I got robbed in my deal. I hated it. Fuck them. They robbed me. They put me in this shit deal. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That rapper becomes an executive. Mm-hmm. And guess what he does? Does the Signs same thing. Next to the same deal. That's what I'm saying. Now, now, I'm the 15, 16 year old kid, right? We're poor. We live in a bad neighborhood. I'm talented. I can sing or I can rap or whatever. Somebody comes and puts something in my face and says, look, I'm going to give you a $150,000 advance right here. Sign this deal. You don't have a lawyer. You see $150,000. You've never seen $1,000 at one time in your life. Mm -hmm. You're probably going to sign that deal. I am tired of these label execs, especially the ones who come from our neighborhood who were fucked over in these record in these record labels also turn around and sign other young men to these same fucking deals and rob them. I am tired of them doing that. Be better. Sign them to better deals. Don't sign them to 12 album deals where they get one cent off of it or it's a 50-50 joint or it's a 50-50 deal or I'm sorry, a 360 deal to where every so they're going to get paid off everything you do that i like i hate that like that's one thing about hip-hop that bothers me it's like be better about these artists so even with black rob having one album if he was if he wasn't in a shit deal you know what i'm saying maybe he gets something out of that you know now if he blows it that's on him (laughs) that is on him but i'm pretty sure when black rob died he probably still owed diddy like four albums well this is where it's yours this, this is where it goes back to, in my opinion, where we as black and brown people differ from white people is when a white person has success, do you know what the white person next to him does? You know what, Jeff? That's fucking super. I love it. Oh, I'm so happy for you. I hope you'll have a great one. You know what we do? Look at this motherfucker. He motherfucker think he's better than me. Fuck him. Fuck him. He ain't shit. That's what we do. You're right. You're right. That's but what you know we why do. that happened? You know a big reason why that happened? Because that white guy who said, hey, super, good job. He already comfortable. That's not just it, though. He comfortable because I'm another white... That's just it. I'm just saying, it's e- like, if I'm in the hood and I don't got shit, mm-hmm. of course, jealousy is a part of the fabric of a human being. Everybody has a little bit. Some of course. Have Everybody has a little bit. Of course. I don't have nothing. And I see somebody else with something. So, uh, some people will be like, man, look at this thing. Because I don't got nothing. But if I got something, I could care less about what he has. I'm happy for him. But that's but but it's also about not only I get that, I get what you're saying, but then it's also we need to relearn. We need to relearn to look at that person and be like, man, I ain't got nothing. He got something. Now I want to get where he's at. Let me use that as motivation to get there. Or let me work, let me put in that work to do that. And, and some of us do that and some of us don't, but don't go looking to rob this dude. Don't go looking to talk smack about this dude. Find out what dude is doing. And no, hold on, hold on. And also as the person that made it, right? Jay-Z, and I'm just using that as an example, right? Mm-hmm. Let's re- let's realize where we came from, how lucky we are that we didn't end up doing time or whatever I was doing, grinding it out to get to where I'm at, you know, and let's um, let's work. Let's help the next person or the next group of people get to where I'm at. So I'm, that, I'm with you. I'm with that. We as if you're successful, let's look at it as us people of color as being successful and let's do things that can help that next person become as successful as I am. But it's also on the the bottom end of that is, let's also not look above us and be critical of this person. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm not gonna argue that. Yeah, of course, you're exactly right. But I feel like the power is in the hands of the people who are signing these artists to these fucking, Mm -hmm. yeah, to, to, to these fucking slave deals. Like, no, you absolutely. know you're absolutely you're taking you're taking advantage of guys who have nothing. There's you enough money to go around. And, yeah, and for, you know I like to kind of um, when I talk about things I like to relate them to other things. Eddie Murphy and Raw was talking about when he ate that cracker. If you starving and you get a regular saltine cracker, <laughs> that motherfucker tastes like a Ritz. 
You think right. that's the best cracker ever. That, Eddie Murphy talked about that, right? So what these artists are, I mean, what these label heads are doing is they're going to these neighborhoods where the talent, where it's, it's so fertile for talent. And they're going there knowing these kids don't have nothing, knowing they can offer them the bare minimum and they're going to take it because they don't have anything. Sure. They don't have anything. So the people who have the power, I need them to be better because I feel like when you're in poverty, when your back's against the wall, you will do absolutely anything to survive. And some people don't understand that because they've never had to survive. Absolutely. They've, Absolutely. they've never had to survive anything in their life. So what they end up doing is they, they judge everybody else for just trying to survive. Mm -hmm. You know, I get um, it. I'm not disagreeing with so, that at all. You're right. There's You're right. a um, um, Nipsey, Nipsey Hustle, you know, God rest his soul, another one of our guys who passed us. away too soon. Um, he has um, a lot, he has a lot of different clips going around the internet where he's just talking and they're, they're, they're amazing, right? And he talks about when you're in survival mode. And when you're in survival mode, your morals go away. Because all you're thinking about is surviving. Mm -hmm. I just got to get through this. I got to eat. I got to, like, you're just you get trying to, the next to day. survive. Yes, you're just trying to get to the next day. And sometimes you're just trying to get to the next hour. Right. So he says, once you get back to a normal state and you're, now your morals come back and you're acting from a different place. And I feel like these record executives are acting in a way with these young artists where you know they don't have anything. You know, so they're going to sign anything to get out of this. So don't take advantage of that. Right. And they do. And now these artists are stuck in these deals and they don't have nothing. They sold millions of records and they're broke. Now, some of them are broke because they, like you said, they bought a Bentley or they bought Gucci silverware mm -hmm. or they did some dumb shit. Like, I understand that part of it. I just need the people in power to be better because with great power comes great responsibility. Oh, come on, Spider-Man. fucking better. Come on, Spider-Man. It does. Yeah, you're right. You're like, right. It's just a lot of responsibility that comes with that, man. And I just, I just need them to be better. I'm trying. I'm tired of seeing these people in these terrible deals. You know I what I'm saying? So I hope know. at some point there's a union for these rappers. And I, we talk about hip hop a lot here, right? Mm -hmm. Here, and we talk about the divide between the old and the new. One thing I like about the new is they do a lot of this shit on their own. Mm -hmm. And it's because of the internet, cause where they don't need labels. You can put your own shit out. You can put your own shit on SoundCloud. You can you could do whatever. You don't really need a label nowadays. So I love that they're doing stuff themselves, and they don't need the label to rob them. You know what I'm saying? To come in and say, "Hey, I'm gonna sign you to this deal, but we're gonna take this." They don't mm -hmm. need that. So I love that about this new age of hip hop that they're able to get their money. And uh, Method Man said something about this. Uh, he had an interview like before their verses, and he was like, "How these dudes getting private jets? I don't understand how all these new rappers getting all this money. Where it's coming from? <laughs> Better deals, man. Yeah, they don't. They they cut out the middleman. They don't need that label no more. You know what I'm saying? So they're good. So I just need them to be better, man, because I love hip hop, and I love great music." And I hate when these industry executives come in and say, hey, here's the formula to make a great album. Here's the formula to make a hit record. I'm, I want you to just go in the studio and vibe, get with a producer, vibe, and just put out an album. You know what I'm saying? But now it's like, hey, we need a, we, we need a song that's going to knock in the clubs. We need a song about girls. We need a song about, the, like, you, like, it's a formula, and I hate the formula. Just give me real hip-hop, man. Just give me a good album where you just go in there, you lock in, and I just get a good album. And I think when you do that, that's when you get classics. Rant over. <laughs> no, I agree, man. I agree. Uh, I think there's accountability on both ends of it. And obviously, like you said, if you're coming from nothing, you're going to take a little something before you take nothing again. Um, so, yeah, man, like, and this is like real quick, like, and we'll talk about it again, but like, this has always been like 
I'm always wondering and listening to Rakim is like, why is nobody having this dude on any of their songs? Like, I don't care if I was young or older. Like, I if if I had if I could get dude to do a song, like, why wouldn't I want to get? And like, I haven't heard dude on anybody's stuff in so long. And he, maybe he doesn't just doesn't want to. Um, he he has. You have to check him out on uh, on Instagram. There's a girl. Her she's. I think it's. I still I still love her. Is her Instagram page and there's a little clip of a interview Rakim talks about the new school and he basically they're asking them if they think uh, if they think that commercialized hip hop ruined hip hop basically and he has a really pointing it. Have you seen it? I've seen that. It's, it's seen dope that. because for me that's how yeah. I feel what he said. Um, and we can, I'm gonna save that. I'm gonna save that as, yeah. as a little sub sneak peek yeah. and we can talk about that because I think yeah. it's very important what he said. And it's very, yeah, I agree. it's a very big thing, even yeah. though it seems subtle, it's very mm. big in a lot of that argument of new school versus old school. So we'll see. I that think for it's the next from, one. I, I seen, I'm not sure where you've seen it, but I've seen it on Instagram also, but I, I think the page is called, I still love her. Yes. Yes. And that's what I said. Yeah. Oh, and I you know what? A young, a, um, a young lady runs that page. Yes. She's dope yeah. as hell, dude. She's dope. She's out in dope. Germany or I forgot where she's yeah. at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't know your name, um, young, uh, uh, young lady. Get it right now, but I'm always watching. She has some dope clips but of a lot of stuff. You have a dope page. So, I follow it. I still, I still love her, which obviously is a take on the comments as well. Yes, and because of her today, I downloaded an uh, album. It's called Stellar Mind. Stellar Mind by. I think you post that, dude. Dude, this nope. is like taking you back to the 90s. Like, and I real quick, like some of the artists that are on it, like guess is Craig G, uh, Phantasm of Cellar Dwellers, Lord Tariq, Keith Murray, Roz Kaz, Chub Rock, Wordsmith. So there's a couple of really old school kids, and the oh, whole, so the whole vibe is like, album? huh? They're all on that album. Yeah, there's 16 songs, and the whole thing is basically like. And it's it's one of those albums where you listen to and you're like, we're gonna be okay, we're good. Okay, we're good, I'm man. We're in, we are still yeah. good in hip hop. Like we're because good. It's because right now, so I, I'm gonna put that in the rotation. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because my rotation right now is, and this is gonna, I, it shouldn't sound crazy. It's probably gonna sound crazy to these young people, but right now my feeling is, if it ain't Benny the Butcher. Or Conway the Machine, oh, I ain't fucking with it because Pretty those crazy. two albums have been in my rotation. Like that's all I have listened to mm-hmm. for the last week, bro. Like that new Benny the Bu- uh, that new Benny the Butcher, the plugs I met too, and uh, Conway the Machine. I want to say is La Machina. La Machina. La Machina. Mm-hmm. Yes, bro. So mine, mine has been the Stellar Mind today, the Talib Gotham album that came uh-huh. out. The La Machina, and there's this dude. There's another one I suggest to you if you get a chance to listen to it. Uh, the artist, his name is Amari Mar, and the name of the album is Grand Rising. That's it's, okay. it's pretty dope too. So, but okay. th- today I just been bumping that stellar mind. It's been mind blowing for me. So, okay, I've been on that. definitely gonna have to do it, man. It's just like I'm like I'm a mood person when it comes to music, right? So, absolutely, depending good. on what mood, huh? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's it's all about mood for me. So lately, I've just been in. I need dope lyrics right now. Mm-hmm. I need to, I need to think about what Joel Ortiz said a few a few years back when he said, "The rewind button got mad dust on it," meaning ain't nobody saying shit that make me want to rewind it. The hip hop I grew up on was, oh my, what the fuck did he just say? Mm-hmm. Let me rewind that. For you young people, that's a tape. And on with a tape deck, you had to rewind stuff to listen to what they said again. So that's the mood I've oh. been in. Oh, you're going to love need, this one, man. I need dope lyricism. So when it comes to the Butcher and Conway the Machine, man, like those oh, guys. And they're pumping stuff out monthly. Like every month they yeah. got something that's like boom, 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 they're boom. throwback so. for me, man. Yeah. Like, and, but like, I love a lot of other music too. Like there's music that I just want to listen to if I'm going out. Like if I'm in a club, I probably don't want to listen to Benny. Mm-hmm. I probably want to listen to some 2 chains or some shit. Mm-hmm. And that's cool because that's what I want to listen to. Like there's club music, but for me, I'm moody. So 
I'm in that I'm in that lyrical, you know, lyrical mood right now to where like I need to hear what you're talking about, what you're saying. And those guys, like they uh, wordplay, like, yeah. like if it ain't them, man, like it's fuck them. <laughs> I'm fucking I, I'm with the same like, way right I, now. My halfway self. Sometimes I'm gonna pour some, pour some sugar on me, some Def Leppard. Uh, <laughs> I, I rock out. I ain't mad at you. So, you know, and, uh, last week there was a day I woke up. Literally, I like, woke up like I feel Chicago today. And I put on, I put on like the uh, uh, the Apple Essential House Chicago House music. I'm with the percolator. I'm done with the. Per- I was like, I was hitting up some house music, good all. That's what I do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel it. Because it. it's for us. That's what we grew up on. As much as hip hop was, we were there for the golden age of hip hop. Chicago was the golden age of, of house music, and we had our own style. And it was it was nuts. We'll talk we'll talk about that another day too, because it's an experience I'd like to share. Where okay, it's a different experience, and I'm not exaggerating that I'll, most people probably ever knew because house music was like the life of Chicago for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it was something to behold, man. It was just, it was crazy. And I'll probably send you a couple of clips because you can get an idea of like the nightclub scene at that Yeah, point. please do. But we'll please talk do. about it. We'll talk about it. So yeah, I, I'll definitely do that. I love this show, man. As much as it was a somber show and it was not necessarily the happiest of things, I think we did, we 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 had a good discussion and uh, we got a lot of stuff oh, yeah. emotionally off our chest. And uh like you said before, Definitely, man. Rest, rest in heaven to everybody that we talked about. You know, Shock G, yeah. Black Rob, um, you know, George Floyd. We're happy. Floyd, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're happy that you know. Hope you know his family got maybe some, some kind, kind of, of accountability. Some kind yeah, of some peace, kind of man. peace for what happened, man. And you know, um, we just you know for everybody that tunes in and watches us, you know, we're all just two guys. Mm-hmm. You know, oh yeah, all six of you. Uh, no, we, we just love we got too many friends between us that we don't have like we need to have some discussions with yeah our like our friends, friends really need to be better about supporting their come friends. on man like come on. like su- support us you Look know what I'm saying? Face, like, man. like yeah. i, I, I want to see this every day so you should want to see it once twice a week come on i i definitely know i got to face the tv there and our radio. i definitely know that so they definitely need to come out support. Absolutely. But like I said, Absolutely. we're just two guys, man. We love sports. We love hip hop. And we love talking about, you know, you know, different social issues that come up. You know, we hope that the majority of our um the majority of our shows coming up are more geared toward just talking hip hop and sports. Because, you know, we but it if we're able to do that, that means society is getting better. Yeah. But as long as society Absolutely. is being what it is. We're always going to sprinkle some of that yeah, in, man. We you know, to talk what we're doing. Nothing, so it's exactly, all good. exactly. You know, but thank you guys for joining us. Uh, I'm Stan. That's my Manny, man. Thanks for listening to Beats. Sports. And life. Ooh, this beer was did, good, dude. Did you forget our name, bro? Eleven percent alcohol will do that to you, dude. What what was it? Was it the apricot in there that made you forget? The chocolate, the I don't know, but damn, I'm feeling good, my man. Well, hey, thank hey. you for joining Beat Sports and Life. I, maybe I should just do the ending. I'll let you, you take that. I'm gonna drink this while you talk. Drunk. <laughs> thank you guys for joining Beat Sports and Life. We'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Peace. Peace.